Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Unpaused Podcast, a furry podcast with your hosts, Fee and Crow. I hope you guys had a safe Halloween if you celebrate, um, if you went out and did something, if you stayed home. Um, and for those who don't celebrate Halloween, I hope you had a great fall or autumn. Hopefully it's getting chilly and everything and sweaters are coming out. Um, did you do anything fun for Halloween, Crow? Yes, I did. I had my annual Halloween slumby or sleepover um, with my friend, three of my friends that we kind of do every year. (laughs) My one friend, Kevin, he's the one that calls it a slumby. And so now it's just kind of like what we call our sleepovers. It's just stuck. So we had our little Halloween slumby and... um, we just kind of, like, hung out, we took some photos, and then we just kind of watched some, like, spooky movies, spooky videos, a huge uh, thing that we like to watch is analog horror videos on YouTube. Those are interesting. I do like those. So, we just kind of hung out, and it was a nice, chill evening. What about you? Yeah, um, I didn't go out and do anything, I just hung out with my boyfriend all day, Um, And we put together our Halloween costumes, which I'm very proud of. And I feel like I could say that they are cosplay level costumes. Ever since like 2019, I've had so many cosplayer friends. I love following cosplayers online and I took so much inspiration from them, but I've never done a cosplay before. So I was like, I'm going to go all out for this. I'm going to put all of my effort into it. And I feel like I kind of pulled it off. I was Beast Boy from Teen Titans, and my boyfriend was a gender-bent raven, which was super fun, Um, and I painted my entire face and my ears and my neck, and my piercings were not very happy with me, like, two days (laughs) after that, but I think it was worth it. It was really fun. I think you did a fantastic job. I saw pictures on Snapchat and Instagram, and... Y'all were fucking, oh, yes, (laughs) you guys were hot, you looked great, your costumes were, like, character accurate in the best way, because even though it was still, like, cosplay worthy, you still put, like, your own spin and, like, personality into the characters, which is what I love most about seeing people cosplay. So, I think you guys did an awesome job. They looked great. Thank you. Yeah, for Beast Boy, I I bought these ears off of Etsy. They were, like, floppy puppy ears. Um, and they're the color of Beast Boy, and they have some jewelry on them. And then I wore, like, a choker, and I just made him into, like, puppy Beast Boy, and it was, it was super fun. Um, talking about costumes, something that is huge in the furry fandom are fursuits. You can wear your fursuit on Halloween if you want to. You can wear your fursuit pretty much anywhere. You can even wear it just sitting in your room if you so choose. I do that a lot. I'll be drawing. I draw in fursuit. I like to listen to music in fursuit. Um, I feel like drawing would be kind of difficult, though, with the limited vision. (laughs) Olive's eyes are huge, so I can see pretty well through her eyes. Through Kipper or Jeepers, I don't know. I don't know about that. Yeah, but I, for all of 100%, I can. I could never draw in Sycar. I'd be like, 
<laughs> I think that's right. <laughs> Just guessing. Just lift up the mouth. Cheat. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah, um, the definition of a fursuit that I found on Google was that fursuits are custom-made animal costumes owned and worn by cosplayers and members of the furry fandom. So... Fursuits can be worn by anybody. They can be worn by non-furries, they can be worn by cosplayers, but primarily they are seen within the furry fandom, so they are most associated with furries. Now, people use fursuits in a plethora of different ways within the fandom. Um, One of the main ways that people utilize fursuits is to express themselves. Self-expression is the biggest underlying theme of the furry fandom, which is honestly one of the coolest aspects of the fandom to me personally. But with fursuits, you can express yourself as a whole, like your own personality or the personality that you would like to portray. Um, Or you can express only particular emotions. There are some people that have, like, grumpy suits. There are some people that have sad suits. There are some people that have, like, super happy and bubbly suits. Um, So while they're suiting as that character, they're only expressing that particular emotion outwardly, which can be really fun to perform that way. And speaking of performing, a lot of people use fursuits to perform in so many different ways. Um, There are a lot of people who sing in fursuit. There's this one dude on TikTok that I follow who sings opera in his fursuit. And his videos have literally brought me to tears before. Like, it it is so beautiful and it is such a talent to be able to do that within fursuit. Um... Another super popular way of performing in fursuit is fursuit dancing. Um, At almost every single furry convention, um, at least the bigger ones, there are dance competitions, there are floor wars, um, stuff like that. Dance is huge in the fandom, believe it or not. People also play instruments in fursuit. Um, I know at Anthrocon, there is the Anthrocon uh, fursuit marching band, and they play at the beginning of the fursuit parade. Um, I don't know if this is a thing that is common for most fursuit parades, but I really enjoy that you can see people playing instruments. Um, I can't play any instruments, so to be able to play an instrument and do that in fursuit is just crazy to me. And something else that kind of goes along with all of this, um, so many people use fursuits to socialize. It's like nobody can see your face or your expressions, which is honestly really nice as an autistic person not having to mask whenever you interact with people. So I really appreciate that about fursuits personally. Oh, for sure. I completely agree with that. It's also great for anyone who struggles with uh, social anxiety or anxiety with surrounding social situations. Because it's like, like you said, there's that anonymity that no one knows who you are behind the mask or under the mask and you can kind of just exist without that fear of judgment or, like, that, like, guilt or shame that you might feel for not behaving or acting it's a certain like this, way. It's like this weight of expectation is lifted off of you because a lot of how people interact with you and their expectations of you revolve, unfortunately, around how you look and, like, your presence in social situations. So to be in a fursuit that distorts, like your size or your height or just like everything about you that is noticeable it's like a weight that's lifted off your shoulders because nobody can expect anything particular of you because they just see this adorable giant cute fluffy creature and they're like oh this is different so they don't know what to 
they don't know what to do, which I think is most of the time why people are so confused when they see fursuiters out in public. But it's it's such a nice thing to be able to experience and view the world through that lens. A thousand percent, especially when it gives you like a huge, almost like that that little push of courage to do things outside your comfort zone that you normally wouldn't do, like performing. I know that there are plenty of people in the fandom that talk about how they'll do stuff in suit that they would never think of doing outside of their fursuit because it's just they need that bit of like anonymity to have that courage to do those things which I think it's a really great way for people to kind of almost learn to cope or learn to slowly move out of those those uh cycles Exactly. And I, I love that. Oh, I love everything about fursuits. And that's why I was so excited to do this episode. Because, like, as a fursuiter myself, I have learned so much from the time that, like, I didn't have a fursuit. From the time that I bought my first one. Then I got a higher quality one. And now I have, like, ones that are made from different materials and that have different pros and cons. So I feel like I'm, I'm so much more well-versed now. And I'm super excited to, like, talk about the things that... I wish somebody would have talked about to me so, like, I would have been able to think about more things before buying some of my fursuits. Yes. I think there's a lot more that goes into choosing to buy a fursuit than what people think. Like, it's not just, oh, I like this style of fursuit. Let me get it from this person. Like, there, there's more to it than just, I see it, I want it, I buy it. Exactly. So... When people think of a fursuit, they immediately think of a head-to-toe costume, similar to, like, a higher-quality mascot costume. Um, however, that's not the only ways that you can wear a fursuit. For example, some people just own a fursuit head, which is just the head of the costume. Other people have what is called a mini or full partial, which is a head, uh, paws, and a tail, usually. I, I think a full Sometimes, partial has the feet. Yeah. A uh, full partial has feet, and a mini partial does not. Right. And then a three-fourths suit is, like, full legs with feet, arm sleeves, and paws, head and tail. Correct? I think so. I don't know if the arm sleeves matter when classifying it but i don't have arm sleeves so i don't i don't know <laughs> i i the three-fourths suits that i've seen usually have arm sleeves it's like everything the but the torso like everything yes. yeah so it's it's a lot more breathable and easy to move in yes uh and then of course we have a full suit which is the first one that i mentioned the full head-to-toe costume which um Going back to the mini and full partials, those are the ones that you're more likely to see just because they are a little more affordable and also um, better for movement or, like, you don't overheat <laughs> near as much. That's a huge thing. These costumes are very hot. So if you have just a head, you're going to be a lot cooler than if you have 
a partial versus a partial versus a three-fourth suit versus a full suit. Which is why, personally, I recommend if you are getting a fursuit for the first time to not go immediately for a full suit because most people who do that get the full suit and then realize that they have a shit heat tolerance. So they're not actually able to ever wear the full suit because it's just way too hot for them or it's too uncomfortable or they can't move in a way that their body agrees with. Um, so I would recommend starting off with like a head, a head and paws and a tail because you can do so much with just a head, paws and a tail. I, I totally agree with the heat tolerance thing as someone who has absolutely no heat tolerance. Like, I will die. I also get very angry when i'm overheating so definitely if you think that you can't handle heat or you don't like being hot or this is another big thing if you are neurodivergent or autistic or any have any sort of sensory issues and you tend to get very overstimulated very quickly i would recommend something like a mini partial over a full suit because it's a lot easier that if you do get overstimulated to just take off the parts that you need to feel less overstimulated versus a full suit is a lot harder to take off. Exactly. I I find that I feel a lot... I like going out in public in my fursuit because it helps me not feel as overstimulated just because like the lights aren't as bright, I can't hear everything as clearly... Um, and it's the same thing as, like, I don't have the mask, so I'm more comfortable. But the more parts that I have to keep track of stresses me out. So, like, most of the time I'll go places and I'll just have, like, a head, maybe my paws, and a tail. Like, very rarely do I bring feet paws, do I bring, like, the whole shebang. Because the more things that I have to keep track of and, like, interact with and bring with me places will just overstimulate me. So... No, I'm the same way. I I like my partial head, hand paws, tail. Perfectly fine with me. It's breathable. I can take things on and off as needed. And like you said, it's such a pain when you have to carry stuff or like keep track of stuff because then you don't want to like get tired and then set it down and then forget. Like... It's just so much less stressful to have less to watch over and take care of. Yeah, exactly. It's, and, like, I love fursuit props. I think they are so cute. I have a prop for Kipper. It's a, a banana whale shark named Nanners. I love Nanners with all of my heart. But it really depends on how I'm feeling energy-wise for that day, whether I can take props with me or not. Because just holding something and not having full access of movement with my arms is something that I just cannot stand. That might just be a sensory thing for me, but personally, like, I love having props, but it, it really depends when I'm going to bring them out. You need, like, a magnetic prop <laughs> with, like, magnets yeah. <laughs> that you can just, like, <laughs> just stick to myself. put it on. Yeah. No, I, I don't have any props for Psycar. Um but You could use the little crows that you just got. That would be really cute. I could, but I, I would be so worried about leaving leaving him somewhere. Oh true. I think if I were to get a prop for Psycar, it would 
It would be like a plush Bible. <gasps> Stop! That would be perfect. But instead of like Holy Bible written on it, it has like demonic symbols or something. Yeah. But no, I I agree. Like it's so much less stressful when you have very little to worry about or like very little to keep track of. But it's not just there aren't just different ways to wear fursuits, but there's multiple different styles of fursuits and what those look like. What kind of fursuit styles do you personally like? Um, personally, I really like toonie fursuits. Those are just the fursuits that catch my eye the most. Um, all three of my fursuits are toonie styled. Um, so we have toonie that's like big eyes, really goofy, like you can tell that it's very like animated. And then we have semi-toonie suits, which are, they have like smaller eyes, sometimes they have like more detailed mouths, I've noticed. Um... Maybe some airbrushing, different textures involved with, like, their hair or their fur. Um, and then we have more fantasy-styled fursuits. Um, they also include lots of, like, airbrushing, different textures, different kinds of fur. Um, they might be made of different things. They might have a 3D-printed base. They might have a casted base or a resin base. Um, and then realistic suits, I think mostly are made from hard bases. So, like, they're mostly 3D printed, resin, um, lots of airbrushing, lots of, like, natural colors. Um, you look at them and you're like, oh, that is this animal. Yes. Realistic suits are honestly, they're very gorgeous to look at because you, you can see the detail in them and, like, it genuinely looks like a real animal. Another big style in the fandom, I don't know if you can call it a style, um, are dino masks. Dino masks are, um, I think they came out for Jurassic World and there are a couple different variations of masks that you can get. Like some of them have a beak, some of them have like a different shape, but they have teeth and then like I don't, I don't have them. Um, but I've seen, I've seen different variations and I know that people got them from like Walmart and Target, I believe in the U S I don't know about other yeah. countries. Um, and they're very popular within the younger furry community. Um, they're a much cheaper option than like actual big fursuits. Um, what do you think about dino masks? I think that they're a nice affordable option for miners and those who do not have a lot of money to begin with. Um, as for considering them fursuits on their own, like just the mask, I'm a little iffy because part of what makes a fursuit a fursuit, in my opinion, is the artistic design behind it and like the craftsmanship. Um, because it's a piece of art, whereas I feel like dino masks are a mask that you kind of just bought. They were now, mass when people, Yeah, when people paint them or add uh, ears or fur or anything like that, I feel like it's definitely okay to consider it a fursuit then, because 
they're making it their own. They're making it different from all the others, so to speak. So I think they get way too much hate for pretty much no reason. People just want to be mean to kids. Yeah, I agree. Um, Personally, I don't think I would own a dino mask just because they're not really the style of fursuit that I enjoy. But I hear that they have really great um, eyesight, really great ventilation, um, and having a moving jaw as one of your, like, first kind of fursuits is really cool, and it's really impressive. Um, so from what I've seen, they are a great beginner option for fursuits. I also forgot to mention two other fursuit head styles that are not, like, toony, semi-toony, realistic, whatever, and those are kimono and kigu fursuit head styles. Now, kimono, I believe, is an Asian-inspired um, fursuit style where the eyes are very big, very anime-esque, they have very small noses and mouths, and I think what classifies a kimono fursuit is that they have these, like, domes over the eye mesh, so, like, the eyes are completely sealed. And I'll be honest, I don't know a lot about kigu fursuit heads. I don't know if it's because they're newer like it's it's a newer thing that has taken hold of the fandom i'm seeing a lot more now than i have ever seen before um but they're a lot smaller they follow your head shape and maybe your face shape a little bit more um they're very anime looking again i don't really know how to explain them because i'm not very familiar with them but definitely take a look into kimono and kigu head styles if you're interested but on top of, like, different styles of suits, there's also two options that you can have for, like, how to wear it, which is plantigrade or digigrade. That's, like, referring to the style of legs. For plantigrade, you just, there's no padding or anything to, like, give the shape of an animal's um, actual, like, leg, because theirs is very different from the way a human's is. And digigrade is the opposite, where it does have the padding to give that effect. I was listening to a different podcast, and I actually heard them talking about digitigrade and digigrade. Do you remember whenever we first started talking about, like, suit styles, and I kept saying digitigrade? Apparently, that is what the correct name for that style of leg is, but everybody just started calling it digigrade, so that's just what we stuck, what we stuck with. So it was D-I-G-I-T-I grade. Digitigrade. And now it's just been shortened to digigrade. Mm-hmm. Or digi. I think that makes sense, though, because digitigrade. It's so hard to say. Yeah, I, it, I like, really was struggling there. Um, But yeah, plantigrade or digigrade. And then I also want to add that there is another super fun option which you don't see a lot but when it is done it's really cool and that is stilts i knew you were gonna say it i knew you were gonna talk about stilts yeah so you can get like a custom made style of stilt where instead of like going just straight up to make you taller it like keeps your foot at an angle so that you kind of walk like an animal as if it were on its hind legs and it it makes you taller it gives you that like very like kind of animalistic movement uh 
very cool in my opinion i wish i saw more of it in the fandom because they take a i lot of practice they do it's a lot of practice it's a lot of work and i'm sure it's also like nerve-wracking because suits have limited vision a lot of the time and you're up on stilts so then you're field of vision is also like you have to look down rather than look right. forward yeah so like i get it it's definitely a, a a commitment to want to do that another leg style i guess you could say are drop crotch suits so essentially what drop crotch suits are is that the belly of the suit is a lot it's a lot longer there's a lot more belly so the crotch is a lot lower i think it sits where about your knees would sit if not a little bit higher so you kind of have to like waddle um but that is personally like one of my favorite kind of styles of legs on suits to see yes drop crotch suits are they're super interesting to see too because they work for, for so many different characters and people use them in such different species like i see a lot of cows with drop crotch suits, and but otters. then you also see otters. They're so cute, otters I are love a huge otters. One. But um, this is a PSA for anyone who sees a drop crotch suitor and wants to like interact with them, go in for a hug or something. I would aim higher than where you think you need to, to wrap your arms around the belly, because yeah. the person inside the suit's crotch is going to be higher than the actual crotch of the suit. And a so lot of times there usually... is padding there, but like just don't be touching people in weird places. Just be aware that obviously their anatomy is not the same as their fursuit, so be mindful of where your hands are going. Yes. All of these are uh, different options for appearance, what your fursuit will look like, and appearance is a very important thing to a lot of people. However, there are things that are more important than just appearance when it comes to considering buying a fursuit. One of the biggest ones that you are going to see out there is head size. So fursuits can fit a range of different people, but sometimes the size of the inside is a lot smaller than the size of the outside. Some of them are more hollow, some of them are have, they have thicker foam, for most pre-maids, they will say on the description what sizes of heads they fit. So a lot of them will be like, fits 21 inches to 23 inches. Some of them might be on the bigger side, some of them might be on the smaller side. A lot of fursuits, they look a lot bigger than they actually are on the inside. And that could be because of foam thickness or what you have in there. Um, if you have like a fan, if you have anything specific on the inside, if it's lined, there are so many different things that can make it a tighter fit on the inside than it may appear on the outside. A hundred percent. A huge thing is also material. If the base is foam, you're going to have a little more stretch and a little more give, whereas with like a 3D printed base or an acrylic base, there's not going to be that give, so the size is going to be a lot more like strict it's not gonna bend it's not gonna have you're not gonna have a lot of room outside of what already fits another really important thing to think about 
is if you have glasses, um, that is going to influence the size that you're going to want your fursuit head to be because you're going to want it to, if you, if you can wear contacts, I would do that, but if you can only wear glasses, you need to make sure that there is enough room in the front to be able to fit your glasses safely. Yes, especially because you don't want to have a fursuit head on with your glasses pushed straight up against the like bridge of the nose for the fursuit, and then someone accidentally bump it or knock you in the head, and then your glasses potentially get damaged or, God forbid, they break and you get glass or anything on your face. Like, you want space for them to be able to kind of, like, be jiggled around in case you're moving your head a lot or if someone bumps into you or anything like that. You want to take that into account. On top of uh, if you wear glasses, another thing is ventilation. A huge part of uh, when you're when considering a fursuit is being able to breathe in it. Some suits have very low ventilation, which makes them much harder to wear for long periods of time. It almost feels like you're breathing through a like a towel over your face is the only way I can kind of describe it. Um, other suits have fantastic ventilation where like you can get air in through the mouth or uh, they have like, a fan or anything like that. You want to be sure that you are able to comfortably breathe and wear it without like you know being so out of breath that you can't you feel like you can't catch your breath or so you're not overheating as much something that goes along with ventilation is the eyesight the vision um of the fursuit because if you aren't able to see out of the mesh or if the eyes are too small or if they are just not in a good place for your eyes um, that can be a safety hazard. Like, you want to be able to navigate safely in a fursuit. Yes, your vision is going to be limited no matter what, but some fursuits have a lot better vision than others. That could mean bigger eyes overall, bigger eye mesh. Um, they could be flat versus follow me eyes. Um, it just depends on what works for you. Um, personally, I have fursuits of each kind, so Jeepers has flat eyes, um, and looking through their eyes is like looking through, I don't know, kind of like a tunnel, almost, because the like mesh is really farther back. It's like wearing a bucket. binoculars. Yes, that don't zoom anything in, they just cut off your peripherals. Yeah. But Kipper has follow me eyes, so his mesh in his eyes is closer to my eyes, so I can see a lot more and my peripherals are a lot better. And Olive has huge fucking peepers. She has massive peepers. So not only is her... <laughs> I see you laughing at that. Um, not only is, like, the eye blanks, they're huge, but, like, the mesh in her eyes is really big as well. Olive just has those those big baby doll eyes mm -hmm. that, that, that they can get whatever they want. Stop looking at me with those big ol' eyes. And then they, like, shrink. Exactly. Perfect. Something Just a perfect else, little baby. <laughs> something else I wanted to talk about as someone with a lot of facial piercings. 
that is also something that you need to take into account if you are going to get piercings in the future, if you want piercings, if you have them, um, you're going to want a little bit more extra room in your fursuit because if you have foam or something pressed up against like your bridge or your nose or something where it's going to rub and irritate your piercings, just just trust me, save yourself the trouble, just have your head be just a tiny bit bigger. Yeah, as someone with a septum piercing, I, I agree. You want a little more room. I'm thankful my current suit is very roomy in the head. It does not fit me very well because he was a pre-made, which means he was not made to my specific sizing. But it also means my septum does not get snagged <laughs> on the lining, which I feel like anyone has had a septum or has a septum and you get a specific portion of it caught on fabric or any sort of material that can tug away the pain i'm sitting over here is... smugly smiling with my my like infinity ring septum that can't get stuck on anything <laughs> yeah i i i wear the the horseshoe and my spikes constantly get caught on fabric. So I'm I'm thankful that my current suit, I don't have to worry about that. Because that is definitely something that when I upgrade to a new suit or I get another uh, fursuit at all, if I commission one, I'm definitely going to make sure I have room in case I get more piercings so that I don't have to worry about them snagging. Just just baby your first your baby your fursuit. Yes, baby your fursuit, clean your fursuit. That will help with your piercings not getting as irritated. But also just baby your piercings after. Maybe give it a few days before you fursuit again. Make sure that you're cleaning them. Um do your routine, stuff like that. Um I also wanted to say this is kind of a niche thing, but for people who have septum piercings um i have a, a stretch septum it's at a 4g so my my jewelry is kind of thick um your your septum ring condensation is going to torment you <laughs> i'm so sorry to say especially whenever it's warm outside oh my god that is my biggest pet peeve while in fursuiting and then i have to stick my hand in my mouth in the fursuit mouth with a tissue because it just it just drives me nuts so i'm i'm sorry for all you septum piercing havers i have the same thing except because mine's a horseshoe it gets crooked and i can feel it when it's crooked because i'm hyper aware of it the amount of times i've had you fix it for me when i have my paws on yeah but yeah piercings is is a is another thing to consider um Another thing that people might not think about unless you're a minor and you plan on getting a fursuit, um, body growth. Whether that be height or weight, um, those are both things that you want to consider if you are planning on getting a full suit or a three-fourths suit only. Because I feel like it doesn't matter as much with a mini or full partial. Maybe um, for feet paws... But that's feet paws. feet paws there are a lot cheaper than, you know, a full suit. Yeah. Um, but like if you are a minor and you are still growing, I would not recommend getting a full body suit 
until you are older because then you won't have to replace it as quickly if you outgrow and you won't have the one to, that you buy you won't have to alter it or anything like that just i know it's hard to be patient but trust me just just give it time you could get a kigu which is like a onesie with the design of your character you could just get another onesie you could dress in people clothes just 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 wait and like you can still get like a head and a tail and paws but like in the terms of like pricing full suits are expensive so you definitely want to make sure that it's going to last you as long as possible before you need to replace it because they're not cheap <laughs> um not to mention you have to send a lot of the times you have to send a duct tape cast a duct tape of dummy. your body where you yeah, you wrap yourself in duct tape and then you cut along the side of it and send it. I love seeing videos of people making their duct tape dummies because they all look freaking ridiculous and it, it, it brings me so much joy. It's a pretty funny universal thing. Like, I remember watching so many videos and tutorials on how to do it when I was young and figuring out, like, how would I... Huh? And then, like, how do you... What about your clothes? Like, do they not... Saran wrap first. That, that's oh, the step okay, I remember. Okay, that makes sense. I've never so made a duct tape dummy. So then it doesn't stick to your clothes. Oh, I also wanted to talk about this. I know we're talking a lot about, like, the specifics of fursuits, but if you are in the market for one, this is for you. You can get fursuits through premates, through commissioning them, and also through getting them secondhand. So a pre-made is a fursuit that someone has made and designed and you did not aid in any of that process. They created it, they designed it, and they are selling it, and you are buying the fursuit and the character, and you can develop them however you want. You can also commission a fursuit, which I have commissioned a fursuit. I've bought a pre-made, and I've bought a suit secondhand, so I have experience in all of these, coincidentally. Um, but you can commission a fursuit. Um, commissioning a fursuit, you are working with the maker, you are messaging them back and forth, they are sending you work in progress pictures, they are asking for your opinion. Um, it's a very collaborative interaction with this specific maker. So you can give them any character that you want that is, you know, your own character and not offensive. Um, you bring you bring them their, this design and you're like, here, create this character. And then they will do it in their style. They will customize things that you, they can add. Magnets, removable hair, removable eyelids, interchangeable tongues. You can go lengths and bounds depending on which fursuit maker you choose to commission. And then... Yes, and... Go ahead. And uh, every artist will have different pricing. There is no universal cost for a fursuit. It also depends on the level of complexity for the design for your character, mm -hmm. how many additions that you add, um, and also, obviously, the artist's normal rate. I will say a ballpark starting price for a lot of fursuits is, like, I would say... $1,200 and upwards from there. For like Depending super on what high it is. quality ones, I would say from what I've seen, um, 
like I got Kipper his first fursuit for around like five hundred and thirty dollars. Um, but that was just a head. Um, so I've seen heads go for around five hundred. They're probably on the more lower quality side, maybe they're a little bit older. Um, they have that price for a reason. Um, but then the higher up you go with price, um, the higher quality it's going to be, the more additions you're going to have. And buying a fursuit secondhand. So this essentially means that you are just buying a fursuit from somebody else who has owned that fursuit before you. Um, it doesn't really matter if they commissioned it originally, if it was a pre-made, if, you know, it was a secondhand fursuit to them as well. That doesn't really matter. It just matters that, you know, they are selling you this fursuit. So they may be selling it for cheaper. They might be selling it for more, depending. So let me say this. The only reason that somebody can sell a fursuit for more, and I mean more than they bought it for originally or more than it's worth, suit for more that they, you know, did not make or whatever, is if they had refurbished it or if they had added parts to it. If they had made or bought paws, tail, um, accessories, what have you. That's the only, the only reason. Um, most times people will sell their older fursuits, um, for a little bit less than they bought them for, um, just trying to make some of that money back. Some might, you know, it's, it's all pretty individual. Um, I've talked about it before, so Jeepers I had bought secondhand from someone who commissioned them from a maker, um, so I am their second owner. Um, Kipper was a pre-made originally, his 1.0 was a pre-made, his 2.0 I did work with his original maker, um, so I don't know if you would consider that like a commission or or what, um, I, st I still kind of consider him a pre-made. Um, just because I haven't changed any of the design of his his face. Um, and then I commissioned Olive completely. I only have a pre-made, personally. So I don't know anything about the commissioning process from my own standpoint. Um, I also have not gotten a suit secondhand. Um, the pre-made that I did get, I got for, I think, $750 plus shipping so that added up to I think 800 and he came with Roughly. a head Plus and, paws and a tail and a collar yes. and a collar so not not a bad price for a mini partial um but yeah I at price is like a huge debate everyone has different opinions on how much a first you should go for other people think that some people charge too little, other people think others charge too much. It's just like this huge debate that ultimately it's up to the artist what they want their work to be priced at. Everyone seems to view art as a luxury item, which, yes, it is a luxury item. It's not an item that is a necessity. However, it's also a hard conversation to have because this fandom as a whole is based entirely around forms of art. So when you do not have the money to interact with those forms of art, it is very disheartening and disappointing. That does not mean that I am saying that artists should price their stuff less, or that uh, fursuits are too expensive or anything like that. I think artists should be paid what they think their work is worth. 
but I also feel for the people who either do not have the funds or are not in a situation where they can comfortably buy something that they desperately would love to because it, it just kind of sucks. Like, I've had suits that I've seen that I'm like, oh, this is awesome, like, I have money, and then I get into a situation where I'm like, okay, it's an auction, and you have to bid, and then there's always someone with more money in this fandom, it seems. That's so true, unfortunately. There's all. There's, also there's the always someone with more money. There's always the conversation of, like, is this fandom pay-to-win? Because in many instances, like, with auctions, you know, like, the most money, or bidding, the most money, but art is genuinely- art is for everyone, and everyone should be able to enjoy art, which I think is why so many people start creating on their own, because they get inspired, and they're like, I want to do that. I want to create art. So then that's kind of, I feel like how many people join the fandom and start drawing maybe or what influences their art a lot, which I, I really enjoy about the fandom. It's like this huge melting pot of people um, and that's just, that's just really cool. I, I completely agree. I, I, art is for everyone and that's why personally as an artist, I will admit I will probably purposefully undersell my, my art just so people can afford it. Because to me, I'd rather make... I do have another job, I will say that, if art is your main source of income, this is not me stepping on anyone's toes, this is just personally for me, I have a day job that I work at that I make okay money. However, for me, my prices are always going to be, for the most part, unless it is a huge, huge commission, gonna be under a hundred dollars because i want people to be able to afford my art and enjoy my art in a way where it's not taking them an arm and a leg to do so but that's exactly. just me because the way i think about it is if i sell uh for example a ych i open five slots some people might have that be 50 or 60 dollars meanwhile I'd rather have it at 25 and still make a decent amount of money just from smaller increments and more slots rather than one big price tag for one commission. But that's just me. I completely but agree. I, I do understand art is a luxury. Fursuits especially are a super expensive investment. They're an investment. It's not just a purchase. It's an investment. Um... But, like, the artists that do uh, have their prices at what they're at, what's your process for deciding a, pr a price? Um, I also wanted to say, this is not to say because I know a lot of younger furs, just first getting into the fandom, are guilty of this. Of going, especially to people who have more than one fursuit, being like, oh, can I have your fursuit? Can I have a fursuit? Can you make me a fursuit for free? This is my character. Can I have this for free? Um, whenever somebody is not offering that service for free, um, don't do that, please. Like, I know, I know sometimes it's disheartening seeing someone have so many of the one item that you would just love to have just one of. I know that that can be disheartening. But you'll get there eventually, I promise. 
I did not have a fursuit until I was 19 and I bought it with my own money. All of my fursuits I have bought completely with my own money because I work full time. And this is what I choose to spend my extra money on that I put away and I save. So please do not go around asking people for, especially art, even art too, being like, hey, can I have free art? Can you draw my character? Whenever people aren't asking for requests or they don't have anything up that says that they are welcoming that kind of request. So don't be that person because people will get mad at you. It is annoying. Completely agreed. Also, do not comment under fursuit makers or artists posts being like, this is too much or that's too much money or this isn't worth that amount. That is not up to you to decide. Exactly. Just because you can't afford it and you're upset about the fact you can't afford it, that is not the fault of the artist. They deserve to get paid what they think their art is worth. End of discussion. <laughs> Speaking of um, price points, you mentioned that you had a suit previously that was low quality. What to you is a low quality suit versus a medium quality or high quality? So whenever I bought Kipper 1.0, I bought him from a very beginner fursuit maker, hence why his price was a little bit on the lower side. It was about $500 plus $30 shipping, so around $530. Um, that was because... As I said, his maker was a beginner at the time. They did not have as much experience um, with constructing the materials needed to have a fursuit head. Um, so he was made of more low-quality materials. Um, his sewing wasn't very good. His stitching wasn't very good. Um, it would constantly um, be warping the the um, fleece because he had a fleece face. It would warp the fleece as I cleaned him and it would rip, and seams would come open, and it was just a lot. So the sewing was not great, lots of holes. Um, his eyesight was also really, really, really bad. Um, the mesh that his uh, pupils are painted on was not very see-through. I don't know if it's because the back wasn't painted black, because I know you're supposed to do that to help see through it. Um, I don't know, but it was just, I couldn't see very well. His mouth was closed. Like, I could open his mouth, but he had no ventilation because his eyes were so small and it was so incredibly hot to wear him. He was also very front heavy. So, like, I had to constantly prop up his, his, his snout on my chin in order to be able to see out of him and, like, move. I had to move my head like a shark to look out of both of his eyes because I just couldn't see. Um, he just didn't fit very well. Like, I, he was a pre-made. I cannot remember what size head he was supposed to fit. Um, he was just a little bit big on me, and he just kind of flopped around. Also, a day after getting him in the mail, um, his ear structure broke. So, like, his one ear was up the way it was supposed to be, and the other one just kind of flopped down. So, that made him look really lopsided. Um, his face was also lopsided with his um, markings, which I didn't see in the pictures that were posted of him. So, I didn't 
know that because it just wasn't from that angle where I would have been able to see through the phone. Um, he was lined, so I will say that. He was lined, which was very nice. Um, but it just, he just started falling apart, like, almost immediately after I got him in the mail. So, for those listening, uh, low quality, we would say, is, like, low quality materials and construction, potentially, the cosmetic errors in sewing, holes at the seams, visible gluing, um, a poor fit or something that is not really going to last. And then you mentioned a headlining, which fursuits usually have a, like, fabric lining on the inside of the head so that you're not just being exposed to the sewed bits. Um, and yeah, normally they're, they're often from beginner makers who are just getting into the, the art of fursuit making. And this is not to say that these are bad suits or that they're, no, they're not ugly bad. or that they're not worth the money. That's not what we're saying. We're just saying in terms of, like, what you are getting. The criteria low, of a fursuit. Low quality does not mean that you are bad at fursuit making. It just means that you are learning. Exactly. And you, everybody starts somewhere. You have to start yeah. somewhere. And you have to make mistakes and you have to learn from your mistakes and that's how you progress you have to start somewhere yes a hundred percent now i also have a fursuit which was a pre-made that i got from a maker on instagram who i do love however he is quite low quality in terms of um what i thought i was getting from the pictures versus uh how he is um like tears in the uh holes at the seams um visible pieces of like uh thread and like sewing coming undone um not great vision uh very uh kind of lower quality materials um but i still love him despite him uh kind of falling apart a little bit the more i um wear him but he's uh, really cute he is really cute and i adore him i just wish that he was able to fit you better and you were able to navigate a little bit more safely in him because i i worry sometimes because i i put him on once and i was like i cannot see anything the mesh is not painted the way that it should be and he's not like a bucket head shape he's just kind of like a blob and i say that lovingly a adorable no, cute a blob. little blob he's all foam from what i can tell like foam for stitching and i don't even think glue i don't think there's any glue on him i'll be honest um but from what i can tell yeah he's he's uh much he's huge on me like, I think my head is about, like, uh, 22 to 21, 21 to 22 inches, maybe? Mine, my head is 21 to 22, so for fursuits, I normally go for, like, a 23-inch head. Yeah, and I, I think he's a lot bigger than that. He's also, n like, he is lined, but not very well. 
I don't think um, it's like a sweat wicking material. It seemed like it was. Is it cotton? It kind of. It feels like that. It's very thick. Hot. He gets hot very quickly. Like, I do have the ability, his mouth is just kind of floppy, so I can open his mouth and just kind of, like, lift it up and look around when I need to, or, like, I can breathe pretty well. But, um, in terms of quality, I would put him at the lower quality end of the scale, which, it, again, isn't a bad thing. He's my first suit. I got him for a pr pretty decent price. Um, the only issues I have with his paws and his tail are, um... The paws, the claws are very crooked. <laughs> um, and are they lined? Uh, they are lined. Um, and then the tail, the only issue I have is the like belt loop holes are like at an angle, it seems. So, like, getting my belt in can be kind of a pain, but that's such a small thing, I don't really notice it much. Um, but that isn't even something that I, like, noticed too much, so I did, it's not really, like, anything to comment on too much. But, yeah, he's definitely, um, a scrunkly, falling apart little fellow, but, uh, I love him despite that. He is my first fursuit that I got at the age of, uh, 22. And I love him, despite him being lower quality, because like I said, being lower quality is not a bad thing. It just means that the person who was making them was learning and was doing the best with what they had at the time. And now there's a difference between a maker who knows what they're doing and still has low quality suits due to like laziness or rushing or things like that. But aside from low-quality suits and um, makers that are learning and, like, really kind of getting getting started, uh, we have, like, the more medium-quality, kind of your average run-of-the-mill suit that you'd, you'd find, which is, like, average-level craftsmanship. Um, they can have either lower or higher-quality materials or a mix of both. Um, Usually they'll have some, like, minor flaws, and, uh, in a lot of cases they may require some maintenance, or more maintenance than a, um, high-quality suit would. They also may need touch-ups every couple years, depending on how, uh, how they active are you are. Yes, How that active too. you are is a big thing, because, like, fursuits, they are meant to be worn, but it's completely unrealistic to think that they are not going to pop a seam or that they might need a touch up here or there or maybe their eyes might need redone or something something needs to be fixed. That is totally understandable for a fursuit. It is a costume that you wear when you are active, you're moving, you're interacting with things. That's bound to happen. It's just like, you know, your shirt or your pants. It might have a hole, it might rip or stretch. You just gotta fix it. Not to mention accidents happen, where, like, damage happens because something, like, an accident, like you trip and fall, or something like that happens. Um, now, on the, the other end, we've also got high-quality suits, which are the ones that you kind of look at and go, holy shit, that must have cost a fortune! And you know it because you can see it in the way that it looks and the way that it was constructed. Um, usually the 
people making them have very high quality materials and have a very uh, strong knowledge of constructing one, how to do it, uh, ways to improve construction, that sort of thing. Um, very knowledgeable craftsmanship and skills that they've likely worked at for a long time. These are people that did not just start out of the blue and were good from the beginning. These are people that have slaved away for for many hours and many days and many years working at their craft and becoming uh, as good as they are now. While we're on the topic of quality, um, I kind of wanted to talk about the story behind Kipper 1.0 and Kipper 2.0, just because it's really interesting that both of my Kipper suits were made by the same maker, but you would have you would have no idea. So I bought Kipper 1.0 last September. It was like late September. Um, and immediately after I got him, you know, he started falling apart. I started noticing all of his flaws. Um, and he was my first ever fursuit. So I didn't really know what to expect when it came to a fursuit. I didn't know what standards I should have for the materials, for the construction, everything like that. So I would go on TikTok occasionally and post about um, his quality and what made him a low quality suit in comparison to medium quality and high quality suits. You know, just in case anybody else also didn't know. Um, and I want to say for the record, I've never ever bashed or talked negatively about Haxorus Bites in any of those videos. It was solely educational. Um, I would never hold anything against Haxorus or their, their works or anything like that. But I guess I ended up seeing one of the videos that I had posted and they reached out to me. They were like, hey, I would really like for my name to be associated with good quality work. Would I be able to refurbish your head for you so that it would be updated with my with my current quality? And I was like, yeah, that would be awesome. I was already thinking about getting him refurbished, so that works out perfectly. Um, and then they went, actually, you know what? Can I just make you a completely new fursuit head of Kipper? I just, I just need to start from scratch with all of my current uh, techniques and materials, and I feel like he would turn out the best that way. Um... And I was like, yeah, that, that would be that would be amazing. Um, they sent me some of their more recent work. Absolutely blown away. It is completely different than the first Kipper that I bought, obviously. Um, and I was like, okay, yeah, you know, how much do you want? What's the payment? Can I do a payment plan? Yada, yada, yada. And they were like, no, this is completely for free. Like, I want to fix my own mistakes. This is on my own business. Um, I want people to have good quality fursuits from my business and that just blew me away because you do not hear about that happening very often fursuits are very expensive and immediately I was like oh my god no please let me pay for something like let me pay for materials or shipping at least you know something to help um but they were very adamant the entire time that this was a mistake that they wanted to correct and that they wanted no payment whatsoever they even paid to ship him to me and it was just, like, absolutely amazing. Um, and I want to talk about the quality difference between Kipper 1.0 and Kipper 2.0 because it'll just, it just blows me away. Sorry, I get really excited about talking about him. Um, so his first head was made of foam and the face was fleece and it was not sewn together very well. The construction wasn't very good. Whatever. But Kipper 2.0 was made on a 3D printed base. He is... 3D printed eye blanks. His eyes are amazing to see out of. The mesh is so much higher quality. His ventilation is 
phenomenal. His mouth is open so I can even see out of his mouth if needed. Um, everything is sewn beautifully. His face is fur. All of him is fur. And I was able to give them my head measurements. So we were able to make him fit me perfectly. Like, I genuinely do not understand how some makers make so much progress in between their suits with, like, their style and their techniques. And it's just crazy. Um, but I just wanted to bring up that story as a way to be like, hey, you know, it you don't have to be at something for, like, 10 plus years to be good at it. Some makers are more beginner makers, and they are just genuinely talented. So, um... A huge issue that I see is scams. Have you ever had any issues with scammers or anything like that? I know you had an incident with a suit that you were trying, a head you were trying to buy on the dealer's den. So, yeah. It wasn't on the dealer's den. It was through Telegram originally and then through Instagram also. Oh. Um, oh, I thought it was no so scam sellers can be a couple of different kinds of people some of them are people who are not within the fandom and they're just trying to um take other people's work and pictures and sell them because they see that people are making a lot of money this way there are people that are in the fandom that take people's pictures and try to sell them or claim that somebody sold them this suit and now they're just reselling it they could be going down all of these different kinds of pathways to try to get the suit sold and they could probably tell you anything but they do not have the suit in their possession um and then there's people who had the intention at one point of selling this fursuit but maybe took the payment and didn't send the fursuit or they just took the payment and sold the fursuit to somebody else so they got even more money so there's so many there's so many different kinds of people that are scammers um in the fandom but the one that i dealt with was someone who i i like to believe that they originally did intend on selling me this fursuit head and refurbing it for me so that was the plan was that i would buy this fursuit and they were a fursuit maker, so they would refurb the fursuit for me for, you know, a higher price. And then they would send it to me. And I was like, you know what? That's absolutely perfect. So I paid them, I think around it was $400. Um, and it was like months and months and months and months. No work in progress pictures. No communication. Very limited communication, if any. Lots of excuses. Um... I would see that they would be working on personal suits and stuff instead of working on my commission or working on other people's commissions and not working on my commission even though I had paid. Um, and I did everything that I could to get my money back and I did, thank God. But um, I like to think that they did originally want to and then kind of life got in the way and then it just kept snowballing and they just didn't know how to be honest and just be like, hey, I can't do this right now. So, you know, but I, I, I still did get scammed because I sent the money, I didn't receive anything, I did get the money back, but that doesn't take away from the fact that I had to stress for all of those months about someone stealing my shit <laughs> and not, not communicating with me about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember you going, when you were dealing with that and you were 
two were so upset. And it sucks because, like, I was super excited. I had never done something like that before. He was going to be my second fursuit. I was super pumped. And then that just kind of, like, ruined that experience for me. And it made me really nervous to work with other people with, like, commissioning a suit or buying a suit. I became very apprehensive, which we're going to talk about in a little bit. Um, It's not to say that you shouldn't be a little bit apprehensive and know to look for certain things but I was just really excited and I just wanted to trust this other person because you know it's like oh it's another furry I can trust them we have these same like values and this same thing that we're interested in and sometimes that's just not that's just not the case what are you what do you think are some ways that people can kind of identify scams so one of the ways that I would identify scams is if it is a relatively new account, whether it's, you know, Twitter, Instagram, um, wherever else people sell fursuits, um, if it's a relatively new account and they post a lot of pictures at once, like within a couple days, there are all these different work in progress pictures, there's all these finished fursuits, there's like all of these in succession. Where, like, very obviously, this person would not have had the time to make all of these fursuits and then post these pictures as it was happening. Um, Most of the time, they have stolen these pictures from other makers and are just reposting them, pretending that this is their work and trying to sell it. Um, So, timestamps, I would most definitely be aware of. Or, like, date stamps. And if you do think that you have been scammed or um are being scammed and you have either already sent payment specifically i would definitely call your bank uh contact the platform that you paid through like paypal venmo etc and take uh reach out to their customer service and see if there's anything they can do on their end most of the times they can't do anything until payment goes through to the other person but then they can, like, open tickets and things like that. Another huge thing. This may sound a little bit paranoid, but keep receipts. If you're having a conversation with someone about selling or buying something from them... Screenshot everything. Yes. Everything. Just in case. It, in the end, if it doesn't... If you don't need it, at least you have it. Especially if you don't screenshot if... anything and then turns out that it was a scam and you don't have any proof and you try to get help people aren't going to believe you especially if the other person blocks you or deletes their messages or deletes the conversation or something like that you you want to be able to have have some proof of what they had said oh another thing you should look for bewares and now i know that can sound you know like you're trying to dig up dirt on somebody But if there are a lot of people that are posting information about a bad experience or bad um, customer service or a bad turnaround time or just a full-out scam, like this fursuit maker is just taking people's money and not giving them a product even though they're saying that they're going to, that's an important thing to take note of. Um, Most times, if it is a lot of people coming forward with like very similar testimonies, you can tell that it's it's kind of legit. If it's like 
one or two people that are just, you know, it sounds really extravagant. It just doesn't, it seems like it's more like personal beef than like a professional like statement about a business, about like a monetary transaction. Um, I think that's, you know, different. Do do some research on makers before you buy from them. Don't just see them and immediately decide this is the one for you. That can go great sometimes, but a lot of the time it is better to see reviews, see people that have ask questions to people that have bought suits from this person before to see yes. what their experience was like. Exactly. Things like that. Exactly. Um, and even though scam sellers are a big issue in the fandom right now um there are so many actual fursuit makers that deserve to be shouted out and to be appreciated because there are so many talented makers that make up this fandom and it is just it is okay it is one of my favorite things to just sit and look at fursuits like you and me we will scroll for hours just looking at fursuits, sending them to each other, talking about them. Um, I just I just really enjoy that part of the fandom. Um, what are some more unknown fursuit makers that you'd like to talk about? Okay, top of my list. I gotta I gotta shout them out. Um, I'm gonna use they because I did not check what pronouns that any of the artists I listed used because I didn't think about it at the time. I, I didn't wish think I about it until right now. Um, but an artist that I found on Fur Affinity originally, they also have, I believe, Instagram and Twitter. I know they definitely have Twitter. I'm not so sure about Instagram now that I think about it. But that is Kodo Creations, K-O-D-O creations they have such an awesome suit style very creepy very spooky they very distinct they do a lot of leds they do a lot of airbrushing their work is phenomenal and the fact that they don't have a bigger following than they currently do is very sad to me because they are incredible and the prices for the the heads and suits that they've done have all been i think really good prices for the quality and level of crafts craftsmanship that they have shown um and then we've got a more untraditional style uh untradition style uh gretchka six 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 their suits are fucking amazing the teeth, the eyes, the way that they look are, is so unique. Like, I, I don't think there's any other makers that have a style like theirs. I think I have um, a couple mutuals that have Gretschka suits. I have two I know of for sure, but there there might be more. But, oh my god, scrumptious. I almost bought a Gretschka suit that someone was reselling before I bought Sycar. I was so close, but they were just a little bit out of my price range at the time, and I was so sad, because it was gorgeous. Um, this artist that I'm about to talk about real quick is one that I've followed for a really long time. They used to do fursuits way more frequently than they do now, and that is um, 
their old name was One-Eyed Doe, but now they go by Doe the Dragon, like D-O-E. That sounds um, familiar. Their suit style is so pretty. Like, I'll have to show you. I'll, I'll send you pictures of okay. their suits okay. when we're done. It sounds but really familiar, but I just need to see them. They're one of my favorite, um, like, fursuit makers that I still follow from when I was first, like, really getting into the fandom. Yeah, so definitely go check out those fursuit makers if you guys are interested. Um, something else that I wanted to talk about is arguably the most important part about owning a fursuit, and that is cleaning. Um, there are so many different ways that you can clean your fursuit. Many people do it many different ways. It all depends on the materials that your fursuit is made out of and what your maker recommends. For example, some people are able to just throw their fursuits in the washer and the dryer. Um, some people prefer to wash them in the bathtub. Some people, I think it's called a green machine. Some people prefer to use handheld machines that are a lot less like I don't know, water intensive. I know that you can still use water in a green machine, but like soaking your entire fursuit head, I know can be kind of scary. So it, de it just depends on your preferences and also what your fursuit is made out of. Please be making sure to wash your fursuit after a convention, after a big event, after any instance where you are moving a lot, you are sweating and you are interacting with your environment. Um, in most cases, fursuits may not appear dirty, but the smell will tell you everything. Um, speaking of smell, <laughs> um, a super easy way to keep your fursuit smelling nice and fresh and feeling nice and fresh is to use fursuit spray. Fursuit spray is fairly inexpensive. Um, many makers sell it. Um, and all it is is basically like a disinfectant with a scent or some essential oils. So um, personally, I really like Cosmel Cosplay's Lavender Fursuit Spray. It's awesome. The lavender scent lasts for a while. It makes it smell super nice and fresh. Um, and fursuit sprays are pretty small as well, so you can just kind of pop them in your bag. Um, they're super nice whenever you go to an event or a con and you just take it out, spritz your suit a little bit, maybe give it a brush. Oh, another, no. thing, is, another thing is brushing. Um, it is totally understandable for your fursuit to be a little unruly sometimes especially when you're being active sometimes fursuits are also just like styled to be scrunkly sometimes that is just the the way that the fur is supposed to function Sycar is that he no matter how much i brush him he is just a mess <laughs> he is just my scrunkly scrunkly man he's just a little scrunkle boy i love him but um, definitely, I keep a brush on me all the time whenever I'm out suiting, because sometimes it's nice to just sit down, take your paws off, take your head off, give it a little bit of a brush. Um, it keeps you looking really soft and really nice. Sometimes fur like sits in weird places and might look a little bit odd for photos. So if you want to be taking photos or videos, just give it a quick brush. That'll make it look all nice and refreshed. But yeah, I think that's all the time we have today for this episode of Unpause. Thank you guys so much for joining us. This is such a fun project that I am, I'm so happy to be working on. And for you guys to be listening, it means a lot. Oh, 
I also made this announcement on my Instagram story um, regarding the format of the podcast. We... (laughs) So remember last episode, whenever we were like, we're going to have a guest on every other episode and we're going to talk to all these people. Yeah. So we had one guest on and then realized that that was going to be far too much work. So Crow and I have decided that we're just going to be chilling here talking on the podcast. And then eventually we'll have some guests on once we get in our routine, we get our flow going. But yeah, if you enjoyed this episode, if you enjoyed our pilot episode, um, please rate us on whatever platform you're listening to and let us know what you think okay okay ready we have been your hosts b and crow thank you so much for joining us on the unpaused podcast and until next time we bid you oh